Blog Talk Radio. Connections back together again. Yes, yes. We What's are going here. On, What's going on, Shields? What's going on, Shields? Been a minute, man. I know. Had, had some business I had to handle. That's true, that's true. That. Skybox. No more missed days. That's I'm in the hospital. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, man. Yes, sir. Man, we got a lot of cover, man. We. we, 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 we 
I mean, do you, do you have some free time on your hands, sir? I always do. So, I mean, if I wanted to uh, edit the show to, like, 90 minutes, would that bother you? Nope. You know what? Make it happen. Let's make it happen, Captain. I got we got we got plenty to talk about. You haven't been around. You haven't been here for a couple of weeks. We got we got make this. We got make this count. Oh shit! Oh, we hold up. All right, give me a few minutes. I got to get my So I was able to do it well, on the phone. Well, you know why? Why you do that? I just I just want to give a shout out to my homie, my homie, uh, Black GOP. For you know, having me on as a as a guest for Hertz House on our brother station a little while ago, I was on there talking Redskins with um with with um, him and the Kia Miller on uh, our brother station. It was it was a fun time. Got to speak on that. Got my 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 juices going for speaking on the team here on on the Skybox. So you know, big shout out to them. And um, also for those of y'all who are listening, y'all can you know y'all can interact with us. You know, we're not too hard. We're not. We're not we're not gonna bite, you know. If you want to come in, call in, talk with us about, you know, Redskins football, football in general, sports in general, you know, give us a call three four seven two one five eight five five eight. Just make sure you hit one to put your hand up, and we'll get you on the air. You can talk sports with, with the CNC Connection. We, like I said, we we not gonna bite. We 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 love to interact with our with our fans, with our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Woo. Oh man! So, I actually just got in the house. There, so, there you go. But uh, oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I call- want. I did. I did want to start with a rant though. When if, when we get a chance, uh-huh. I did want to start with a rant. You know what? If you're ready to drop your rant, let's go. Oh shit! Let's go. All right. Let it go. All right. So. I was at my spot. I was at the center box on um, on Sunday night, and I got to check mm-hmm. out the Broncos uh, Patriots game, which was a really th- thrilling game. I enjoyed that game a lot. Uh, the Patriots did go down and defeat in overtime to end their undefeated streak, and the amount of people that cheered and loved it was just uh, incredible. But it got me to thinking. <laughs> so here's what my think where I've been thinking. The Patriots have you know, had this reputation of being cheaters. You know, they've done things to circumvent the rules, to try to gain an advantage over the opposition. You know, they had Spygate, where they were filming hand signals and stuff like that. Then you had uh, Deflategate, where balls are being deflated under the standard as a means to help the quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. And because of all of these, and then the faces of the team being Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, the Patriots are probably the one of the most hated football teams in all of the NFL. I got a problem with that. Now, I'm not the you can't even stop. I'm, huh? You can't stop. The Patriots are one of the most franchises in all the sports. I get that, but let me just hear me out, though. Hear me out. Like I said, I'm mm-hmm. not the biggest Patriots fan in the world. I'll never wear a Tom Brady jersey. I'll never wear a Gronk jersey. None of that. You'll never see me in any Patriots garb. I'm going to be Redskins until I die. But here's my problem. For all the amount of hate and bile that goes towards this franchise, here's where I have a problem. Where's the same hate and bile for, and poetry, I'm sorry, 
where's the same hate for the New Orleans Saints? This this team was proven that they paid money to their defensive players to hurt people on purpose. But no one hates them. No one wants to see them fail. But yet we sit here and everybody wants to see the Patriots fail. Everybody wants to be a Patriots hater. And my thing is this. Unless you're a fan of the AFC East, meaning the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, and the New York Jets, the Patriots shouldn't even be on your minds. They shouldn't be on your minds at all. Don't, why are you caring about what they do? Worry about your team. Worry about your division. Worry about your rivals. Don't worry about them. They've done, what they, they've done their dirt, whatever. New Orleans did their dirt. No one bats an eye. No one is sitting up there saying, oh, I hate the Saints. They, they try to hurt people on purpose. They try, to, they try to take away the livelihoods of a lot of people, people who play the game to put food on the table for their families. And they went and got money to try to put them out of this game. But, again, you don't hear no hate or anything like that against that team. But the Patriots, all what they did didn't hurt anybody. They just tried to get an advantage, and everybody can't stand them. And I just don't understand it. Don't worry about the Patriots. If you are a fan of an NFC East team, worry about the Giants, the Eagles, the Redskins, the Cowboys. Don't worry about the Patriots. Leave them alone, period. That was funny. That was funny. Worry about saying. the Cowboys. But nah, I, I, um, I know. I'm, I'm just making a point, damn it. I understand your rant. This is, you made some valid points. But I think I can understand why people dislike the Patriots the way that they do. It's it's deeper than it's deeper than them than them cheating. It's the fact that the Patriots have consistently been a winning team since the arrival of Belichick and Brady. So it's like okay, these guys win. Every, they win every year. They don't win the Super Bowl every year, but they finish on top of their division every year. They're in the playoffs every year. They win consistently. Now, if the Saints was on that same level where they were winning consistently, where they're making Super Bowl appearances, where they're dominating their entire conference and division, then a lot of people would be pissed off, pissed off at the same. It's more, it's not just the fact that New England got It's more so that people, America doesn't like, a lot of people do not like teams that constantly win. I mean, look at the Bulls. A lot of people hated the Bulls when they was winning in the 90s. The Cowboys. The Yankees, all these French, all these dynasties, few got tired of them winning. I mean, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, the Florida States in football, the Miamis in football, the Ohio States. People do not want to see dynasties. <laughs> that's what it. That's what it really breaks down to. After a while, everybody gets tired of saying the same team over and over and over doing the same exact thing and win. It's more it's more than just them cheating. I mean, even though this is their second second or third time getting caught, but it's deeper than them cheating. It's the fact that they are a consistent winner. And a lot of people do not like it because they can't stand it because, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, People are tired of seeing them on top. So they're looking for any advantage to talk bad about them 
until they become a team that can't that can they can't win no more than five games. Or they go back to the old New England Patriots that weren't relevant until Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I mean that I mean that's my whole take on it. I mean you brought up some body points. But I think it's deeper than I think it's deeper than I feel where you're coming from, though. But like I said, that's just, you know, that's just what's been, you know, right on my brain is just that whole thing um, with how everybody just celebrates when they when they lose. And it's just like, you know, y'all don't celebrate when, when, the, when, the, when the Raiders lose, and they always lose. I mean, you don't celebrate that. I mean, so that's, that's the point. That was just they, in my brain. That's the point. They, they celebrate because they're so used to them winning, it, it's different to see them lose. I mean, this was a team that was on pace to have another 16-0 and season within 10 years. People don't want to see that again. A lot of people don't want to see that again. We've, a lot, we've seen this team go 16-0. and We've seen this team go 10-0 and a few times. We've seen this team destroy an entire conference, run over its division in 10 games. The Patriots have won but, their division in eleven games. This is a team that has won. People get tired of it, so I mean, I understand that. That's their angle. But, but th- this is this is the thought process that I have. If you're if you're tired of them, you know, winning, teams need to go out there and beat them. You know what I'm saying? I, I that's mean, that, I, that, that, that. I see you on that. At the same time, like. That system hasn't been broke. That system doesn't break. I mean, yes, they have lost in the playoffs. Some teams have gotten over on them. But regular season, that's a system that doesn't break. It's a system that a lot of teams still can't figure out. This is a 14-year-old system that still dominate, that still dominate in the National Football League. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, and that kind of, you know, this, you know, this rant kind of segues into the next point. Now that the, you know, the, after the Patriots lost in overtime to Denver, that only leaves one team left that is unbeaten in the season, and that is the unlikely, most unlikely team I could ever think of, and that's the Carolina Panthers. So, chills. I have to ask you this question. With the Patriots' remaining schedule looking looking kind of, you know, light, yeah. with you know three more games in their division, two against their uh, two against Atlanta, one against Tampa Bay, can the Pan- can the Panthers run the table? And when I say run the table, I don't mean run the table in the regular season. I mean go undefeated all the way to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. Can they do what? The seventy-two Dolphins hope they can't do. Can they do it? Will they go undefeated? No. Okay. I mean, Carolina is good enough to go to the Super Bowl. However, I think a more experienced playoff team will knock them off, even with home field advantage. I mean, Green Bay is is looking okay right now, but. Everybody knows once the playoffs starts, it's a different story. What Carolina is doing right now, 
means nothing once January stops. Meaning if Seattle still gets in, they will be a threat to Carolina. Green Bay will be a threat to Carolina. I want to say Arizona, but I'm just not sold on them yet. I mean, Cam has been looking great. I ain't going to lie. He has progressed to MVP caliber performances. He has performed to that level. I will give Cam his credit. That defense is stellar. It's frightening. It's scary. It's something that you don't want to see. It's the reason why I have them in one of my leagues in fantasy football. They don't give up points. They barely give up yards. And they will force turnovers. They will get to your quarterback. They will strip the ball from your receivers and running backs. This defense is aggressive. It's mean. And they go and they want blood. If they get into a defensive matchup against a highly experienced NFC team in the playoffs, I don't think they're going to pull it off. They're good, but they're missing they're – miss, they're still missing a piece or two to be a Super Bowl champion. Because once they get in the playoffs and teams actually force came to stay in the pocket without Cam having a legitimate number one, Teams are going to expose that. What he did so far has been nice, but postseason is different from regular season. Okay. Okay. Here's my thought on it. Up until Sunday, I would have said yes. I would have said yes up until Sunday. But now I, I don't even think they're going to go into the playoffs undefeated. And here's why. Because they're going to run into a trap game. Just like the Patriots. I mean, you wouldn't call this game against the Denver Broncos a trap game, though you would say you would probably say so because of who's quarterback, Brock Osweiler, who's only in his fourth year in the league, and back, you know, as a backup for Peyton Manning. You would think that that would have been a trap game. But here's the thing. And – Somebody mentioned it again earlier when I was a guest host on um on one of on a sports show on our brother station that they said that Jameis Winston can't outperform Cam Newton and that that would be a, a, a easy victory for Carolina. I wouldn't be too sure about that because that's where your trap game is going to be is against your own division rival. That is where the trap game is going to be. Where they could run, they could run into that Tampa Bay team, and Jameis Winston could have another hot game like he did against the Eagles, and that's where they could lose their first game is the, in that game because again, it's a trap game. So that's why up until Sunday, I said they could run at least run the table regular season wise and go into the playoffs unbeaten and maybe go to the Super Bowl unbeaten. But now, I think that they might end up running into Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay gonna have something for them. So, it's long, long, the short answer is no, they can't run the table. It's funny that you mentioned this because I was actually at the bar earlier tonight. I was at, I was at the bar at Outside Steakhouse in uh, PG Plaza. Um, oh, yeah, I've been, in, I've been there. I've been, I've, I've been to that Outback when I used to work over there. Yeah, I like that place. Yeah. The guy brought up, a, he was doing his little, uh, I guess his fan or whatever. He was, he was picking his matchups. He actually called 
Carolina losing to New Orleans this week. I mean, I don't no. know if I want to agree with the whole New Orleans, New Orleans thing. No, sir. I mean, yeah, Carolina is coming to the dome. But here's the part I agree with. Carolina will not go undefeated. They will lose to a, a division opponent. I'm not going to say it will be New Orleans. Because, honestly, if they get into a shootout with the uh, if the Saints, get into a shootout with the Panthers, I'm picking the Saints. I'm sorry. The Saints defense can't stop nobody, but if they let Drew Brees get – if that Carolina defense lets Drew Brees get that hot, it's going to be trouble. But I, I still don't see the Saints being good enough to beat them. Tampa Bay, it looks more promising to me. Here's why. The reemergence of Doug Martin. Yes, Lord. That's one. He's been wonders for that running game of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's came back and he's putting up the numbers that he did in his rookie year. And you have the factors of Vincent Jackson. You have Mike Evans. Mike Evans, you have a nice receiver call with Tampa Bay. You have a rookie quarterback who's been playing balls out lately, who hasn't been doing, making too many mistakes, who has not been throwing too many bad interceptions, who has been playing like a veteran quarterback. So I look at this game like, Okay, uh, this could be – I mean, I, I'm not going to call it a trap game. This is going to be one of those games that the Panthers might take lightly. Because, I mean, that Tampa – on paper, that Tampa team has enough to beat Carolina. They have the all-around talent. If their defense can match the defensive play of Carolinas, they have every chance to win that game. I, I agree. Like I said, I just think that – Carolina is going to have that first loss, and it's going to be against Tampa Bay. It's not going to be against Atlanta. It's not going to be against New Orleans. Sorry, Poetry, I'm just keeping it real. Uh, It's going to be against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to be the team that beats them and gives them their first loss. And to be honest with you, I think that would be a good thing for them. You know, the old cliche is I think it's good for a team to lose before the playoffs to get it out the way and get, you know, you know, get that, that, that feeling of losing out of the way before the playoffs. That way when they go into the playoffs, they can have more focus instead of just thinking about just winning, winning, winning. So I think that it would be good for them to lose before the postseason. And Tampa Bay, I think, falls within the last two weeks of the season. And we all know that if they're already they, – if they already clinch a playoff spot and number one overall seed, they're going to rest their starters. They're going to rest Cam and – and Williams and um, all them cats for for those last two weeks because they they won't have anything to play for, and I think that'll be the other factor to tell to say that what will you know that will cause them to lose is it'll be late in the season they have nothing to play for, so why why play their starters and risk injury for an undefeated season? Exactly. I mean the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots did it. When they went undefeated uh, a few years ago, but that's them. But I don't think – but then again, I just thought about it. Then again, they do call uh, Ron Rivera Riverboat Ron. So, yeah, never mind. 
Okay. <laughs> let's just, oh, okay. Let's let's move on. I, I just I just I, I just thought about that. I was like, wait, they call him Riverboat Ron for a reason. Okay. But I think that if um, they don't if they do lose before the last two weeks of the season, they're resting their starters. They're resting their starters. But of course. I mean, right now they they pretty much wrapped up their division. I mean, there's nothing really left for them to do. I mean, okay, still control the being a top seed in the NFC. But besides that, I mean, there's nothing really left for them to do. Exactly. At this point, they should start like week 15 and 16 should be the weeks that they rest their starters. Yep. Exactly. But uh, um, I did want I, I want to know from you. I want to know did you did you watch that 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 Sunday night game though? Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I, I I watched it and like I said, that was such a great game. Like it looked like there. It just looked like the Patriots just go. It's gonna be like another notch on their belt. Like up oh, there is another one. But young Brock Osweiler, he brought him back. And next thing you know, they go to overtime, and all I heard was Omaha. And next thing I know, C.J. Anderson's in the end zone. Like that really happened. I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I I heard somebody mention this. Um, uh, uh, I heard somebody mention this on social media. Saw somebody mention this on social media after the game that essentially. This is almost the route that Aaron Rodgers went through before he became the starter at, at uh, Green Bay and ended up doing what he's doing. Brock Osweiler has been sitting behind Peyton Manning for the last two and a half, three years. And he's been learning from a man who's basically a certified Hall of Famer. I mean, Peyton Manning is the first ballot Hall of Famer no matter what anybody says, regardless of how the season's gone. Huh? Four. Oh well, yeah, four. But let, let's like, but like I said, Peyton Manning is a certified Hall of Famer. Like he retires, in, uh, if he retires after this season in 2020, he's going into the Hall. Period. Oh, um, no question. But he, but Brock Osweiler went out there, no real expectations of doing anything against the Patriots and terrific Tom, and he went out there and led that team back to a, you know, a touchdown that put them in the lead by three. It only took that, you know, a field goal from Gostowski to score in the overtime. And then when he got his chance in overtime, he, he played – he had poise, he got the right plays, and then got that, you know, that run from Anderson. And it, he just showed that, you know, he's ready for this kind of big-time big time, uh, opportunity, especially, you know, being in the league four years. He showed that he's ready for for an opportunity like this. He's ready for a moment like this. Now, do I believe that he could do it consistently? Not yet. Not yet. Now, if I see it happen a few more times, then I'll be like, okay, this this kid is the truth. This kid is the truth. But, you know, one cannot base off one performance what this kid can do going forward. I want to see what he can do going forward if he finds himself in another situation where he has to bring his team back from the brink to do what they did Sunday night against an extremely superior, extremely quality team like the New England Patriots. Well, he's already 
he's already two and those as a starter. So consistently, I think he's going to have a slight advantage. Here's why. A lot of teams still don't have any game film on him. Because, <laughs> I mean, technically, he just became the starter three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So while he's mm-hmm. still trying to look game film, they don't have enough of it to really study him. To really watch what he does in a pocket, to really watch his signals, to really watch how he converses audibles, if any other. So right now he has he has the slight disadvantage because he already knows the defense that he's facing. Plus he's learned from Hayden. Mm-hmm. He's learned he's learned from possibly one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. He had four. Four years to watch that show. So people are surprised that he's done what he's done, but me not not so not so much. I can I can understand that. Understand that. I mean, right now he's at a range where he can just light it up. He can get the Broncos to that next level. The Broncos before Peyton got benched. They had the double-ranked defense. Well, I mean, I will say, I, I, let me, I don't mean to correct you, but he wasn't, he wasn't bench bench. He, he's hurt. He, I, he's dealing with, uh, uh, the plas- uh, fasciitis injury. I can't, Man, I can't he, he, pronounce that shit. I understand, but <laughs> he, I mean, even with the injury, he's bench bench. Cause I mean, this is not the Peyton man that people are used to. <laughs> he hasn't been at this season. He hasn't been that Peyton Peyton that we know. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you. Right I now, he went, right, he went from direct TV Peyton to cable Peyton. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You, you like, go sit in the corner for that one. <laughs> go, go, go sit. Go go sit in the corner. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call it like I call it. That's how I'm going to call it. But um, another wrong thing with that? that happened I was at the bar. We was watching a Wizards game. This was tonight was Kobe's last game at the Verizon Center. Oh. And man, this he went to work on the Wizards. He went to work on the Bama. Are you surprised? I'm just asking, are you surprised? Kind of sort of in between, because, I mean, I mean, before this game, Kobe was looking like 40-year-old Kobe. He was like 40-year-old Clyde Dracula. Well, Clyde didn't even play that long, but still. Kobe wasn't looking like Kobe. I mean, honestly, I, I mean, I, I would put most of that on injuries more so than age. Because, I mean, once injuries get caught up to age, I mean, there's nothing you really do. But, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this game. I'm just saying Kobe's just looking like he's having fun again. And he did. Mm-hmm. I mean... 
he knows that you know he's uh, he's already announced that he he's done after this season. He's been in the league twenty twenty years, and a lot of people look at that and be like, wait, twenty years? Yeah. He came straight out of high school, and next thing you know, he's been balling for 20 years and won several championships and all this other stuff. And it's like, you just think, look at that and be like, wait, he's been in the league that long? Like, where the hell have I been? And it's like, yeah, well, he's been in the league that long. It's about 20 years. He was right there in 96, and 2000, 2016 will be his good night game. I mean, right now we're on the Kobe Bryant retirement tour. Indeed. I mean, I mean, just watching Kobe just like take over, especially in the fourth quarter, when the Wizards was actually when the Wizards actually came back because they was down by as many as seventeen at one point. Wizards came back, actually had a quick lead. They was going back and forth. Kobe just mm-hmm. took over the game. That's something I've been seeing from Kobe in three to four years. I mean, it was nothing the Wizards could do. It was just Kobe. Like, Kobe found his fault in the youth and went back to 2009, Kobe. <laughs> like I said, I just – it is it is it is very sad for the game of basketball for, for Kobe to retire, but it's, it's just his time. I mean, he hasn't had a full season in, what, three years due to a various amount of injuries. So I think I think he realizes that his, his time is pretty much up, and it's just time to you know go ahead and you know step aside and 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 see what happens. That's what's up. But uh, we actually got a call on eight zero eight zero five four. Welcome to the skybox. What it do? Yeah, I, I I am here. I am here. Um, this is Black P.O.P. Gentlemen, how you doing? Let me tell you, I, I honestly feel like, and, and call me wrong on this, I'm not a sports guy. Um, you know, my, my nickname on her house is I don't know shit about sports guys. Because I really don't know shit about sports. But what I do know about is the media and the over-sensationalization uh, of, of certain topics. ESPN has been doing the death walk of Kobe Bryant every single goddamn day. It's almost like it's it's just about Kobe Bryant's retirement. When when, when I talk to most basketball fans, they know Kobe's ready to retire. I feel like people know he's ready to get out the game. But, you know, but all of a sudden he announces it. It's like it's like we're we're all 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 basketball fans are in the you know in a hearse and then that convoy head to headed to the cemetery. And people, you know, and just just today on ESPN is like, oh my gosh, should we forgive Kobe for his his bad scoring rate because he's retiring? Da 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 da. But all day long, is there anything else going on in the NBA besides Kobe retiring? I feel like, you know, the story is being driven, and, and it's, 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 like the, it's like a cat chasing a mouse. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, Kobe's going to get the game, fine. Who's the next star? Who's the next guy to be on top? And you guys know that. I don't know that. You guys know that. But it, it's just odd thing 
you know, it's just seeing the story push so much down our throat that it's almost like we don't have a choice but to accept it. Uh, am I wrong here? I could be wrong. Don't be wrong. This is my this is my expertise, but I could be wrong. Uh, actually, you're not. Like ESPN is is famous for doing stuff like that. I mean, the whole trying to hurry up get Kobe out of here, the whole waiting for him to finally just break down and not make it through the season, the whole counting down to his final games, to the whole so on so on. I mean, ESPN is pretty much the biggest sports media market out. But, you know, they have their specific stories that they want to cover. So with Kobe retiring, that's going to be one of their hottest topics for the next few months. They're going to have the the clocks, the countdowns, the, oh, the rest in peace Kobe, the everything. Well, Kobe showed in um, the fact that he can still do it at 37. I made, a comment, at, at the, I made a comment today at the bar at the restaurant I work at, and I told people, I said, guys, ESPN is the Fox News, the MSNBC, the CNN of sports. They can yeah, call it. Stephen A. Smith is the Black Pillow Rally. You know, I, you know, you know. It's really, it's really all about ratings and less about material. And at this point, for me, from what I see, and, and again, not being a sports guy, because you know, but but I've, I've 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 had you have to have sports on. You have to have sports on in in, in the restaurant bar business. You, you guys know that. You know what I mean? And everyone out there knows that. So I, I still always yep. watch sports, but I always realize they would rather show, you know, you know, a black athlete dragging a woman out of the elevator um, for, for, for a week straight and, and, and hitting a woman for a week straight than actually showing what's going on in the sports world. It's all about controversy. And, and, and as Eric Bischoff said, the controversy creates cash. How, so, how did me, I know you were about to say that? I'm sorry? I told that. How did I know you were about to say that? It, 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 it's that. true, though. All these networks. All these networks. I'll give you an example. Tonight, <laughs> the shooting situation, and I gave updates about it on, on her house, and I'll give an update about it now. Um, we, ju- we just found out uh, two of the shooters from the, the, the uh, California situation. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One of the shooters... Was was a Muslim, but, but the police, but the police don't want to say it's an act of terrorism. They won't rule it out, but they don't want to say. It. You know why? To keep us hanging on to the. It's obviously a goddamn act of terrorism. It's easy, but there are millions of Americans up tonight glued to the TV, trying to figure out what's going on, and that's what they do. You know, so. You know, in my opinion, man, I don't know. I just, I just, I just feel like I feel like you know, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna double back to my point, and you know, I just want to jump in for a minute, guys. But ESPN is the MSNBC, CNN, the Fox News of, of sports. 
it, it's all about, it's not only about the story. It's not only about what, what, what these hardworking athletes do, the, the good that they do, um, the charity events they do. It's about, oh, my God, Kobe Bryant's retiring. Oh, my God, someone's dragging someone out of the elevator. Oh, my God, someone shot themselves in the club. You know, it, it's just, it's, it, 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 it's borderline disgusting. Maybe it's, maybe it's my age. Maybe, maybe I'm old. But that, that's what I got, guys. And thank you. You know what? I agree with that. Because, I mean, outside of LeBron, you won't hear too much positive about any athlete. You'll hear more controversy than actual what they're doing for their communities, what they're doing outside on and off the court in a positive direction. You will never you will yeah, never another example. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we get we get that to a minute. Like the whole the I mean, it's just they're not focused on actual material or positive or anything positive. They're looking for that controversy, that stuff that will get them ratings. No matter how negative and detrimental it is to that athlete or franchise. Or hell, even leave. I mean, the Cam Newton situation is is a good example. I mean, the whole the whole letter thing. I mean, I thought that was BS. Because I mean, come on now, you got end zone dances, end zone celebrations worse than what Cam did. Like, come on now. But this guy also on Thanksgiving Day, he said what nine hundred people? Yeah. On Thanksgiving Day, where was the news, news cameras at on that? Exactly. I mean, they probably showed it somewhere in North Carolina or South Carolina, but it that was not national news. I mean, I found about that on Facebook. <laughs> Hell, the NFL didn't even show any coverage on that. Like, come on now. How many athletes you got out here? will spend their Thanksgiving Day right before they have a game to play to feed families or to feed anyone. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's, that's, some true. that's true. Look, po- uh, 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 positive news doesn't give them, don't, doesn't give them rain. Hey, the same, but Anything with a positive point of view, the lessons of LeBron does not give them ratings. It's something that they know they they won't show because nobody they figure no one would really be interested. Of course, you won't see incidents like the Ray Rice incident or Craig Hardy Greg Hardy's incident resurface because I mean they're not going to let it go <laughs> because at, nope. at the at the the point is it, it creates controversy. It's still keeping them brothers. It's still drawing in viewers, even though these situations aren't new. Just just not to, to sidetrack, I do want to thank Black GOP for calling in and, and hanging out with us. Uh, you can find them on our brother station, True Radio Network, on uh, Tuesday nights for uh, True Talk, and you can hear a lot more commentary just like that on that show. Again, Black GOP, thank you. And I'll say still a thank you to him for something else later on at the end of the show. But, hey, hey, 
I thank you so much, Chad. I, I'm going to be here listening for as long as I can. And um, mm-hmm. if you want to come back to me, I'm here. But, you know, I, I love you guys' commentary. And it, it, it's really good that, honestly, like all of us brothers doing it. And what, what, what people don't get, and I'm sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to back off after this, is, is, is we are minorities making our thing work. There's no strings on any of us. There's no one telling us what to do. We're not paid off by Snyder or, or whoever. I'm not paid off by yeah, I do I do I do political opinion. No no one's paid up. We're here giving the real raw pain uncut and people can't deal with that. Quote unquote, you can't handle the truth. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Very well said. Very well said. Man made a point there. Because I mean people cannot handle the truth. Nope. But I did want to make one yeah. final point regarding, you know, how positive things are not shown in the media before we move we move on and you just you mean you just hit the nail on the head cam i mean people don't seem to realize if you watch a carolina panthers game every time they score a touchdown whether it's cam himself or he throws it or someone runs it when they're at home he likes to take the football and hand it to a child in the stands who else is doing that in the nfl I'll give you a I'll give you a, a clear answer. No one. Nope. And if they are, you don't hear about it. But Cam does it. But no one's pointing that out. They're just pointing out the fact that he does a certain celebration that rubs people the wrong way. And it's like, come on, guys, let's focus on something good. When he scores touchdowns, he's not keeping these footballs as mementos of what he's done. He's giving them to young fans. He's saying, look. I just made a good accomplishment, but I want a young fan to, you know, have a memory that they'll, they'll have for the rest of their lives, that they got a, a football that was thrown for a touchdown by Cam Newton. And that's, that, that has more weight than anything out there. But do we hear about it? Do, do, do the sports pundits talk about that? Nah, they won't. Why? It's not news to them. What is news is if Cam were to go out like how like everybody remembers when Cam got into that accident and his truck flip. Talked about that yep. non stop. Non stop. He wasn't even he was barely hurt and he missed a game or two. But they talked about that non stop. And it was just like it just got sickening. It's like, okay, we can sit here and talk about Cam getting into that accident. Why aren't we talking about the fact that Cam is trying to look out for the young kids? with the footballs and everything like that. Why are we not talking about that? Where's the media coverage on that? But I digress. You, you won't find that. Huh? I say you won't find that. Yeah, exactly. So, so Chills, I got that question to ask you. Did you have a chance to check out um, – did you have a chance to check out my rant that was posted on our website and on our, on our app the, uh, last week? Uh, I didn't. Okay. For uh, for those that did not, uh, for those that did, thank you for watching it. Um, and for those that did not, I did a rant because we didn't have a show last week. I did a rant about Ohio State and how they made me look like an idiot here on this very show by saying that they should have been number one in the playoff rankings, and then they went out and lost to Michigan State and dropped out of the top four. So... It's funny because then they follow that up 
and they went out and they destroyed Michigan this past Saturday. Destroyed them. But they only moved up two spots in the standings. Only moved up two spots. They're now two spots away from being in the top four and being in the playoff. Right now, the top four sitting there is Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Iowa. If the season ended today, those four teams would be battling it out to make it to try to become national champion. So, Chills, my, my question to you, my friend, is do you think that Ohio State can make it back to the top four in the playoff? Yo, okay, sorry about that. But no, um, but uh, did you hear my question? You want me to repeat it? Yeah, because I wasn't even on. Okay, okay. So um, the question is, you know, Ohio State is moved up two spots in the playoff rankings from eighth to sixth after they dropped to eighth after they lost to Michigan State two weeks ago. This past Saturday, they destroyed Michigan and they've moved up to sixth. They're now two spots away from being in the top four, and being in the playoff. Do you think that Ohio State can j- make it to the top four and be in the in the college football playoff? Yes. Honestly, okay. Yes. I mean, one, look at the conference that they're in. I mean, the Big Ten is not an easy conference, by no means. Two, Ohio State – are your national defending champions, no matter how if you like it or not. I mean, this is a this is a program that's proven to be one of the best in the country. I mean, yes, they did lose to Michigan State, but look who they've beaten. This is still a program that can beat a lot of schools outside the Big Ten. They can beat pretty much anyone in the SEC. Pac twelve. Big 12, ACC, Big East. This is a team that can perform on the top four in the nation. And honestly, I still believe that they are in that top four. They should be. This is not so many schools that can beat them. So should... Should Ohio State still be in that conversation? Yes. They should be at least a top four seed. I, I like I like where you're coming from with that. I do. I I really like where you're coming from with that. Like I'm I'm looking up their, their schedule here to try to see if they are playing another game and it looks like they're not. So I guess this question I just asked is pretty much a moot point because their season's done. They have, we won't have a chance to move up. If any, uh, they won't have a chance to move up because they're in the Big Ten and the Big Ten championships this Saturday. So yeah, again, that that question is moot because their season's done. Brian, right, this season, if the season, I think, oh, I don't know. I mean, they still should have a chance at it. They still should have a chance. Well, I mean, I guess it would depend on the outcome from, you know, any of the top four teams or, you know, if they can get in. I mean, Clemson, you know, they're in the ACC championship game, of course, against North Carolina. 
uh, big uh, Iowa, who's the f- number four. They got number five Michigan State uh, for the Big Ten championship. Uh, and then, of course, Alabama's in the a- SEC championship game against Florida. So you would think that if one of those teams were to fall, would they um, would Ohio State be able to move up enough to get to the top four? And you know what? I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, it's sad, though. I mean, honestly, they belong there. Because I'm still not sold on Clemson. I need to see more on Baylor. I don't know. I don't think a lot of teams will beat them, even the teams they have in the top four. I know Clemson can't do it. I'm sorry. Not to sleep on the ACC, but at the end of the day, it's the ACC. I mean, this ain't. I did want to. I didn't want. I don't mean to cut you. I did want to bring up something though. I did want to bring up something. You know, you know, you have the right to say I told you so about Maryland. Uh huh. You remember? You remember earlier in the season how you said that Maryland they are who we thought they were and that they weren't going to be a good team, and I had all the faith in the world that they would be. And now look at him. So you know you have the right to be like, I told you so. You know what? The fact that you admitted this, I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm, I'm just going to say this, though. Uh-huh. I called it. I called it. I called what I saw. Right. And I and I respect that. Like I said, I'm mad enough to admit that, you know, I had all this faith in them, that they was going to be able to do it, you know, repeat the performances that they had, uh, when they first in their first year in the AC in the uh, Big Ten, and they turned around and they shit the bed. Simple, they shit the bed, and now look at them. They're they're, they're not even going to be in a bowl. They're not doing any. They're not going to be doing anything. And it's pathetic. It's very pathetic. But I got one question. I got one, yeah, no, I mean, nobody can call that. But I do have one question for you. I'm about to put you on the spot. I'm about to put you on the uh-huh. spot. If the standings stay the same with the top four I just mentioned, Clemson, Oklahoma, Iowa, if, if, if the, all the ones I just mentioned, if they stay the same. You miss Alabama. Alabama, yeah. Alabama, Iowa, Oklahoma, and Clemson. Who wins the national championship? Who wins the national championship? Alabama. Okay. They come from a tougher conference. What's possibly a tougher schedule? I mean, I can see them versus Iowa if it happens that way. But honestly, I don't – I'm not sold on Clemson. I don't think Clemson can do it. <laughs> like, who is Clemson, who is Clemson really beat? Mm-hmm. Who have really played this season? I mean, yes, undefeated season in college football is amazing. However, what's the what's I mean? How much can how much credit can you give a team that really hasn't? Play nobody. 
It's like I look at it twelve and zero, and I'm like, eh, okay, yeah, but can they go all the way? No, I just don't see it. I, I hear where you're coming from. I will say this: right, you look at the teams, you look at Oklahoma, you look at Iowa, you look at Alabama, you look at Clemson. Iowa and Clemson are the two undefeated teams, uh, while Oklahoma and Alabama each have a loss. And I I tend to agree with you that I'm leaning more towards Alabama because if I know one thing about Nick Saban, Nick Saban knows how to take a team to a championship. He's been there before. You know, Oklahoma has always been a powerhouse team has always been a powerhouse uh, um, program, though they're just now starting to regain that powerhouse status um, recently. Iowa, they're coming out of the Big Ten, which had Ohio State, which has been undefeated up until two weeks ago, and then they still got to beat Michigan State just to stay in the top four, win the Big Ten, and keep themselves in that playoff, in that spot. I will say this. I'm going to go out on them, and I'm going to pick Oklahoma. I really think because they're they're the dark horse. They're the dark horse, even though they're coming out of the Big Twelve, which has been always known as a very tough tough conference. I just seriously think that that they're going to be the dark horse, and they might end up getting on the run on a roll that they need, and they're going to end up coming out of there on top and winning and winning it all. That that's my prediction. I'm I'm predicting Oklahoma. I feel you. Yeah, so you heard it here first, folks. I'm pick, I'm picking Oklahoma. Chills picking Alabama. We'll come back like we'll come back to this in a couple of weeks after the national championship and see who's right. It'd be fucked up if we're both wrong, and it'd be it'd be it'd be the same team that you said can't do it in Clemson. It'd be funny if that happens. If Clemson do it, I will apologize on that on the following episode of the Skybox. <laughs> <laughs> that Wednesday, I will apologize. Opening segment to to Clemson University and their football program for me underestimating them. Until then, nah, bro. <laughs> Y'all heard it though. He said that if, if Clemson were to turn around and win the de- and win the damn national championship, he will apologize. So. And we got to record it, so you can't. You, you, we got to record it, so everybody can go back to it. And be like, you said you were going to apologize. So I know he will. So, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm a man of my word. Yes, but sir. another thing that yes, sir. that motto, another thing that happened at okay. that motto. Okay. I actually, I actually won forty dollars off a bet. <laughs> oh, it's, it's funny though. The uh-huh. guy I was, I was at the bar with. He was on. I was about to say. So the dude on the left of me. We was all talking about basketball. It was like five of us having a conversation. He, we were talking about Kobe while he was playing. Then we mentioned Tim Duncan, how how age has never affected him. We was like, well, he said Tim Duncan wasn't older than Kobe. I'm like, uh, yes, he is, guy. <laughs> Tim Duncan is actually mm-hmm. two years old. Kobe. He was like, well, Tim Duncan been in the league for years. I'm like, he's been in the league before Kobe. I'm like, no, he hasn't. He was like, yes, he has. He kept arguing with me. So he was like, you know what? Everybody got phones. Let's make a bet on it. Okay. 
He asked me how much I wanted to put on. I put 40 on the table. He puts his 40 on the table. So, y'all's on the far right. They pulled it up. I mean, whole time while he's getting loud, I'm just sitting down so com- so confident because I already knew the answer. Right. So, y'all's on the far right. There's like Kobe came on 96. The guy that was on his left was like Kobe came on 96. Everybody was on their phone. I didn't even look up on my phone. So the guy goes to his phone. He picks up the he picks up the forty off the table. He picks up my forty and his forty and put it puts it right in my hand. There you go. So my my pretty much my bill was paid, and I ain't had to spend my own money. <laughs> I think we about to have we about to create a new segment, like Chills Bar Stories. That's that segment's got to happen now. Because you seem to have the most entertaining fucking stories at the bar. So that's got to be a segment now. <laughs> I mean, that's that bar life. I mean, you go to the bar, I mean, you come across a lot of characters. I mean, yes, dude was pissy drunk. And yes, I mean, I I didn't really want to take advantage of him. But once he started putting, once he started talking money, on something I already knew the answer to without even looking at my phone. Like, come on now. I've been following the NBA for years. Everybody knows Kobe came out in 1996 with Allen Iverson, uh-huh. with Jerry Kennels, with Steve Nash, with Dirk Lewinsky, with Antoine Walker, with Ray Allen, with Stephon Marbury, with Abdul Sh- uh, Sharif Abdul-Rahim. The 96 draft Damn. was one, one of the best all time in Benoit. Bro, okay. you just... You damn man, you brought up Kerry Kittles. That brought back memories. I remember that dude. Add Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Damn man, that's some throwback oh, yeah. shit right there. I mean, those two were were considered guys that was going to actually have great careers. Uh, I believe Kerry got hurt and Sharif. Well, Sharif got hurt too. But I mean, a lot of people thought Sharif was going to be the next. You, everybody thought Sharif was going to be what some ducking is. I mean, possibly mm-hmm. didn't happen. Sharif was more of a defender than an actual score. He's more like a Tyson Chandler type. Yeah. I mean, injuries do kill careers. True that. Since you had a, a bar story, I have a story from um, Tinderbox from this past Saturday. I mean, this past Sunday. So I'm sitting there watching the game. I was actually hosting – uh, the BEWA uh, radio show uh, that's on our brother station that, that that day too. So I'm doing that, and I got done with that. And I'm sitting there watching the game and playing my golf game on my laptop. And there was a gentleman sitting next to me in all Redskins garb. He was sitting there. We was talking. He we was talking sports. Well, no, he was talking sports and not making any sense. I couldn't understand him. And I'm just sitting there like going, okay, yeah, right, cool, whatever. And then he asked me a, a very profound question, which ended up being answered that night. He asked me, he's like, can anybody beat the Patriots? And I said, yeah, somebody can beat the Patriots. I don't know who, but someone can beat the Patriots. And damn if it didn't happen that very night. And I was, uh, it was just like the most prophetic thing. Out of all the random gibberish that this old dude was talking about, he had a bit. He, I think he was intoxicated too, but he asked that question, and it was just like the answer's right. The answer was right there the whole time. 
And hopefully I don't see that dude again because I really don't want to sit there and listen to him ramble on and I don't understand him again. Honestly, the guy that uh, I was at the ball with, I hope I do run into him again. (sighs) So you can get another 40 bucks off of him? Shit, I should have went for 60, but it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my Yeah, I should have lived for sixty. I had to be nice about it. I see, I see. But you know what? You know what? You know what weakness is, right? You know what weakness is, right? Weak. Oh yeah, this is Dallas week. Goddamn right, Dallas Dallas week. Damn Dallas week. I, it, it, it took forever. This is the longest it takes to finally to play the Cowboys. Normally we play them around September, October. We this is the first game against the Cowboys, and it's December. I know. Okay. So what are you what are your thoughts on this, man? You know we got we got Dallas, and we're number one. We're first place in the East. Honestly, my thoughts on this game: if we get if somehow some way. We get beat by Matt Castle. I'm dead for the season. I'm all my rest and stuff will be tracked, be locked in my closet. Won't be worn till next year. I mean, I love my squad. I'm a real diehard fan. But if we lose to Matt Castle in a bum Cowboys, I'm done. This is a team that shouldn't even be compete, be competitive against us. Matt Castle is Matt Castle. We've be, we've destroyed better quarterbacks. Dallas has no run game. Darren McFadden will be a non-factor. We might even see some. We might even see some Robert Turbin, but he won't be a non-factor. He'll be a non-factor. Dez ain't touching the ball. He might get like least. Three to four catches, that's about it. And their defense cannot get our offense off the field. I predict that we actually will have a good game running the ball. Alfred will see 23 carries again, at least. At least. And the simple fact that we're four and one at home, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to tell overconfidence, but. I don't see the Skins losing this game at all. I mean, yes, it is a division game, but this Dallas team isn't there. I mean, it might somehow be a close game, but I don't see us losing this game. Dallas doesn't have enough to to make it to four wins this season, especially when they have left on the schedule. I will say this. That is going to be a very interesting, interesting game. It'll be a very interesting game to see, to say the very least. The Cowboys are coming off of their, you know, Cowboys are coming off a very, very big loss. They got beat down at home on Thanksgiving by Carolina. Oh, you no, know, they no, lost no. Romo for the, they lost, they lost Romo for the season with a third broke with a. His clavicle is getting broken for the third time in his career, second time this season. Yeah. And, 
you know, they, you know, and the Redskins have the momentum on their side. But my question to you is, do you, will this be a possible letdown game? I mean, every game has a possibility to be a, to be a letdown game. But with the the way the, the culture has changed in the past season with this team, I don't think this team will allow that to happen. I mean, you have all these guys that Scott brought in calling player only meetings. What was the last time you heard this franchise do that? Call player only meetings? What was the last time that happened? Uh-huh. When was the last yeah. time guys in the locker room actually commanded leadership? I mean, if I mean, I look at this skins team and I look at the ones from the past. Some of the guys we have in this locker room have been great additions. They have helped change the culture. Yes, this is this is a five and six team, but this five and six team is is honestly it looks better than a. 10 and 16 from 2012. With the mentality of guys in the locker room, the fact you got guys that actually want to be here besides getting a check, the fact that you have guys on here that wants to help this team win, that actually want to play hard. You got guys fighting for spots just to get in the game. You have coaches who are putting the players who work hard in the game opposed to the overpriced starters. All that said, this is a different mindset for the Washington Redskins. Right now, I see them as one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Not because, not only because I'm a fan, but the way that this team has clicked. I mean, they are still a few pieces away from being a great team, but I do see a lot of promise in them this season. Okay. They've already had a few expectations. I mean, every game is a letdown. It could be a possible letdown game. But with the mindset that this team has right now, I don't see, I don't think they will allow that to happen. I got a question for you. And um, Black GOP posted this question. I know he's still listening, so shout out to him for this question. He asked me this question. Uh, earlier, so I'm going to ask you the same question. With the Redskins sitting at on top of the division, 5-6, and 5-1 and one on the, in, in, at home, 0-5 on the road, is Kirk Cousins the guy? Is he the guy? Okay, here's my answer to that question. Okay. In Jay Gruden's offense, he can be that guy. Well, I'm not gonna say he's. I'm, well, I'm not gonna say he's he's that guy yet because I still need to see the whole 16 season, whole 16 game season from him. He's he, last few games he has looked brilliant. I will give him that. He has earned my respect by each game. But I still need to see what he can do in the 16 games, 16 game schedule. Right. I will. This is the answer that I gave. The answer that I gave was, I don't think he's the guy, and this is why. 
Because even if we get into the playoffs as a division champion, we get one division home game. We get one playoff home game. One. And then we have to go on the road the rest of the way to the Super Bowl. He hasn't won a road game this season. Until he can prove to me that he can win on the road, I just don't think he's the guy. Though I wouldn't put it all on him, but I just don't think he would be the guy if he can't if he can't find a way to get this team to win on the road. And you need to be able to win on the road, especially in the postseason. And three of the five of our uh, three of the the last five games of the season are all road games: Chicago, Philly, and Dallas. With only two home games this Monday night with Dallas, and then against Buffalo. Now he's shown that he got the home cooking and can do it at home, but can he do it on the road in hostile territory? You know what? I'll give you that. I mean, I I have seen a difference between him at home and on the road. Hell, majority of his interceptions came on the road. I'm not uh I'm not sold on him completely yet, like I said. I have to wait the I I will have to see the entire season from him. I have to see him through. I won't know my verdict on Kirk Cousins won't be out until the season is over. So I can give him a full evaluation. Right. Yeah, no, I'm right there I'm with you, bro. He's not the guy. I'm not going to say he is the guy. I'm just going to say right now he's getting better week by week. And I won't take that from him. He's making better decisions. I mean, he's making better decisions. He's not locking on to his receivers as much as he used to. He still does, but not as much. And he's still getting rid of the ball very quickly. Now, I have a question so, for you, Shannon. What's up? What's up? Even with the success of the Washington Redskins this season, uh-huh. is Jay Gruden for this team going into the future? Is Jay Gruden the coach for this team going into the future? Yes. I'm undecided, and I'll tell you why. I'm undecided because I want to see what he can do like most times you got, you know, with most coaches, especially rookie head coaches, most times you got to give them at least three seasons to figure it out before they, you know, before you write them off. This is only his second season, and he's starting to figure it out a little bit. So I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, go out on a limb and say yes, he is, but I'm not going to completely write him off and say no, he's not. I'm undecided. I want to see what he does in his third year as head coach especially depending on how this season goes going forward. Like, if the Redskins make the postseason and, hell, win the, division, win the wild card round, but don't go any further. But then next year he turns around and they get to the, to the NFC Championship game or something like that, then I can say he is the, he's that guy. But until then, I'm undecided. I'm very undecided. I can't say that he is or isn't. Okay, good answer. Good answer. What about you, bro? 
honestly, I mean, I have my ups and downs with Jay Gruden. More more so downs than ups. I've never seen a head coach disrespect his quarterback as much as, as he's done all year. I've never seen a head coach throw his players under the bus like I've seen him do with numerous of players. So, I mean, his process is that he is adapting to the pro-style game as being a head coach. He is make, he is starting to get more experience. He is starting to make – he is starting to see the head coaching game for what it really is. I mean, I do see improvements with him as a coach. I mean, I'm not going to say that many, but I do see a lot of improvements from – that he's made since week one to now. I mean, they're pretty much there. I mean, right. honestly, I'm not sure if I want him in D.C. next year. Just for the simple fact that how he is, I mean, his post games blow me. I'm not going to lie. But honestly, I think this team should still win under the guidance of Scott with the proper coach that can groom the fucking talent, that can make this team better than what it really is. I agree. Hopefully, Jay will, Jay can turn on the route to where the point he is a decent coach. Right now, I mean, I'm seeing improvements, but not enough to really say that he can really turn the team around. Right. I mean, or the coach that his team needs. I'm not sold on that yet. Right. No, I feel you. I feel you. Like I said, I'm undecided. I I don't know which way it's going to go. But I want to see – I want to see how it goes. By the way, yeah, by the way, I wanted to just, you know, just a quick plug, just a quick plug. Uh, you know, we had Black JLP on earlier speaking, you know, speaking on some stuff. Uh, for those of y'all that may or may not know, uh, me and Black GOP were involved in the uh, uh, BEWA, Baltimore Res- Elite Wrestling Alliance, which is a uh, wrestling fed down up in Baltimore. And... Um, this Saturday, it's their uh, final show of the year, which is known as Fatal Finale. Now, me and GOP are involved uh, together in a group called The Commission, and this Saturday, me and Black GOP are going to be in our first match ever in a two-on-one handicap street fight against the guy who's currently running the organization named Rocky Phoenix. And you know, not to get into my WCW character, but we're going to whoop his ass. You're going to see some funny shit in, in that match because, you know, neither one of us are trained wrestlers. I mean, that, let's, let's just get that established. But it's just it's going to be fun, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, good luck to you and Black GOP this Saturday. Too bad I will not be there because I have – Work, I got to handle. Yep, you got adult. You got adult responsibilities to take care of. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah I, 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 mean, I know that. I, I know the. I know them feels. Trust me, I know them feels. 
trust me, if I wasn't hosting this this uh, event at my part-time job, I would be there. True that. But him serving it, and that's a possible 150 to 200 in my pocket alone. Yeah. Now nah, you got to get that money. You got to get that money, okay. bro. Trust me. Trust me, and, but but you know, trust and believe you will see, um, you will see clips of it because you know I know uh, we'll post it up on the TSOTS uh, presents the Skybox page. Um, it'll be on my it'll be on my fan page. Uh, you'll see it all over the place. It'll be up on YouTube and everything. So trust and believe, y'all will get to see this. What's going to be a very fun and entertaining uh, spectacle. I, I and I can't wait. It's gonna be so much fun. So, real quick, since we only have about what eight nine minutes left, I just want to get your uh, prediction. Uh, yeah. I just want to get your predictions. You know, with the we're in the final, we're, we're almost in the final stretch of, of the regular season. So, I want to get your prediction. Who wins? Who wins their? Who wins their divisions and makes the playoffs? Who are wild cards in both in the AFC and NFC? Go. Okay, I'm gonna start with AFC. Okay, mm. NFC, AFC West. Denver has Adam Lawrence. Kansas City will be a wild card. Oakland will be outside. They'll the Raiders will fall one game short of making the wild card. I still have them going eight and eight. Let's see. Moving on to the AFC North. Cincinnati has that division unlocked. Pittsburgh is a possible wild card. You know what? Pittsburgh is a wild card. The AFC South, I'm taking a call from the Indianapolis Colts to win that division. Because uh, that division is completely wide open. I mean, you have Houston who's in. You got Jacksonville who's in. And you also have Tennessee who is pretty much a joke as well. So I mean the court the court possibly wins this division as a nine win as an eight or nine win team. Hell they might even only win seven. Um the AFC East New England. The okay. the Bills are not consistent enough to be a wild card and the Jets just don't have it offensively to be a wild card. I mean, you know what? I take that back. Because, I mean, Brandon Marshall has been killing. Uh, Chris Ivory has came out of nowhere. I mean, but it's going to come down to Ryan Fitzpatrick at the end of the day. And the fact that the Jets aren't that good against the pass either. All right, now let's move on to the national the national football conference, the NFC. NFC West. Arizona will win their division. However, I do see Seattle emerging as a wild card team. The NFC North. Right now, it looks like the Minnesota Vikings are going to win a division. But I still want to pick Green Bay to pull it out in the final stretch to win a division, making Minnesota a wild card team with 10 plus wins. 
the NFC South, Carolina, and they will be the they will be the number one seed. NFC East, I'm taking a skin because for the simple fact that one, they have the easiest schedule out of all out of the other three teams. Two, I mean, I'm looking. They, I mean, I just look at the skins, and I, I mean, they beat the Giants. Philly is incomplete. Philly and Dallas are too incomplete to really compete with them. I mean, Dallas is pretty much done. I mean, they're three and eight. Only way the skins will broke, only chances they have is the rest of the division go seven and nine, which I don't see happening. But I, I mean, I'm just gonna call it like I said. I'm taking the skins winning division. They possibly will go nine and seven at the at the most, well, at the least. Okay, those are some good. Those are some really good predictions, dude. All right, I'm going to run through these really, really, really quickly, uh, so that way we can get you know get it in before we get up out of here. All right, AFC. I will say AFC East, New England. I will say uh, AFC North, Cincinnati. AFC South, I'm taking Houston because right now they're hot. They've won four straight. They're hot, and they're getting hot at the right time. So I will say Houston. Uh, The West, I will say Denver. Wild cards, my wild cards are going to be whoever's second place in the AFC South between Houston and Indianapolis and the other wild card will most likely be, and I'm going out on a limb here, the Kansas City Chiefs because they're on a five-game winning streak. They have they've 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 won five straight. If they get high at the right time, they're going to be a wild card. If they win their last five games, they're going to be an eleven and five wild card. Especially if the Broncos win out too, they're going to be an eleven and five wild card. Period. Eat on NFC side, the East. I want to say the, the Redskins, I do, but my fear is the fact that we haven't won on the road and three of our last five games are on the road makes me fearful that they might not even – they might continue to be winless on the road and it's going to cost them a playoff spot. So I reluctantly am going to say the Giants because they are our closest pursuer and they have – they are the, they're only, really the only team that can have a, a remote shot at winning the division. So I would say Giants. The NFC North, the Vikings, they they hold on to the lead now, but Green Bay is starting to come on strong. Yes, they lost on Thanksgiving night to Chicago, but they're starting to come on strong. So I'm going to pick Green Bay to be there. The South, oh, yeah, Carolina's got that. They got a full four-and-a-half game lead over the Atlanta Falcons. So Carolina's got that straight. All they got to do is win three of the next five, and they got that. NFC West, Arizona has the lead, and they can take it, but Seattle is only three games back, and anything can happen in the next uh, in the next five games. Uh, Arizona's on a five-game winning streak, but that can change. So Arizona, wild cards, Redskins, and Vikings. So you two wild cards. So those are my predictions. Very interesting. Yeah. 
You know, I got to change things. You know, I got to be, I got to be different. It's all good. It's all good. Let's make skybox skybox. So shit, we yes, got to wrap up, ladies and gentlemen. It's about that time. Thank you for listening. Uh, for those who are oh wait, thank you for listening to skybox. Um, tomorrow we have the mic check. Hosted by DC Super Champ, The Bishop, and Poison. Friday night, check out his and hers. Starring The Bishop again. Bishop is all over 2000. Duce Diva, we got free Almond Joy Diamond. And Ooch. Sunday. Get your inspiration on with the refresh. Find Dosi Diva and the Bishop again. For those to follow all two sides of the story, shows, news, etc., please visit our website, www.tsotsproductions.com. We also have an app that's Featured on Apple and Android and Blackbird. The TO, the TO app is free. Download it. You can also so download it on your favorite tablet. Yeah, you can. But this has been your boy Chills. This has been another episode of the Skybox. We'll see you on next Wednesday, people. And also, don't forget. You can add. You can um, join our Facebook groups. TSOTS presents the Skybox. TSOTS presents Mike Check. TSOTS presents His and Hers. TSOTS presents the Refresh, and TSOTS presents uh, the Hangout. Make sure you join those groups. Also, like us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. You can follow us TSOT, uh, at TSOTS Production. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, it's uh, at Two Sides. I believe it's two sides of the story. Uh, we're all over social media, y'all. And you can also follow me on Twitter uh, at DC's People's Champ and like me on Facebook, DC's People's Champ. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Cool G Chills. That's it. All right, y'all. It's been real. We are out of here. See you next Holla. week. Bye bye. <laughs>